Hello and welcome to Media MD, a podcast where each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that the other person has somehow missed. Elliot, I'm just realising that we're going to have to update that <laughs> that intro. <Yeah. laughs> um, so, what are we recommending this fortnight, Elliot? Um, everything that we've Wrong. looked at so far. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit, but <laughs> we should talk about first, congratulations, Elliot, on our one-year podiversary? This is episode 26, which will go up in a few days on the one-year anniversary since we started this podcast, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And we've started building up a listener base that I'm pretty sure is not just bots. We had some people like <laughs> follow us on Twitter, so that was pretty good. So we're, we're getting there. We're basically famous. And we've been kind of talking behind the scenes about how the show has been running and how we want it to run. When we started the show, our goal was to kind of talk about stuff that we hadn't seen and bring stuff that for each of us who watch a lot of media haven't seen to each other, right? Yeah. Um, but as we've been doing that, we've realized that's a pretty good format, but we want to try and kind of turn it into a bit more of a book club podcast, except with not just books, with TV and movies and, you know, whatever media that yeah. we normally would cover, right? More of, yeah, more of a community thing rather than just the two of us sort of going at it. We want to talk about on the show because we're going to try and, um, over the next year, I guess, or <laughs> life of this podcast, we're going to try and double down on that stuff. So... We're going to be adjusting the kind of release format of the podcast a bit. Um, so whereas before it was every two weeks you get one big chunk of episode, which is partly recorded uh, two weeks earlier and then partly recorded a few days before the episode goes out, um, we're going to be mixing it up a bit. We're going to have a kind of three-week cycle of content, right? Yeah. This episode is a little different, and we'll get into that a bit later, but starting from next week, we're going to be doing the part one, what you would normally hear as the part one before the kind of ad break, will be its own episode. Then a week after that, you'll be getting a kind of off-week episode where we talk about media that's a little bit outside of the kind of bounds of the regular show. And then the week after that, you'll be getting the part two. So we'll actually be kind of bringing you guys, the audience, as well as each other, the piece of media that we want to talk about, giving you two weeks to check up on it and kind of engage with us on the subreddit, write your comments, um, talk about that stuff. Then two weeks later, we'll come back and we'll talk about it. And we will be kind of looking at your feedback and talking about how the community felt about the thing that we were talking about that fortnight um yeah so it'll be kind of more like a monthly ish media club yeah which and, is kind uh, of what we've you... been doing anyway but <laughs> a little bit more structured i guess yeah exactly so so people will be able to participate in that yeah that two-week gap like you're talking about where you can watch it and if you know if it's something you've already seen or read you know find a friend and and get them to do it and and you can tell us about their experience as well get them to listen and, and and we'll have lots of listeners and more feedback yeah something we tried to do is this show is always kind of the person who knows what they're talking about versus or well not versus it's not a competition <laughs> but and the person who is new to the thing um so for example with something like worm where there was a big kind of community we tried to angle this episode as this is what you would get people to listen to if you want to get them into worm without like telling them too much about Worm and spoiling it, which is why we always keep the part one spoiler-free, right? Yeah. And so we're going to try and kind of embrace that a bit more with the community. So if you have someone... If we're doing an episode on something that you like and you want to try and get people into it, you can recommend them the part one of the of that kind of group of episodes and they can come along and check it out and maybe it will kind of pique their curiosity and they'll follow along with it with the show. Um, yeah, so we want to kind of get that as well going. Uh is there anything else about the format we should talk about before we actually get stuck into this special episode, Elliot? 
Uh, no, I think that's everything. But if it's not, we'll just add it in later. Editing. Yep, we'll, we'll post it in right here. Um, anyway, let's talk about what this episode is going to be. Uh, so, as we mentioned, it's our one-year podcast anniversary. Um, so, we thought we'd do something a little bit different, and we're going to try and start this as a kind of annual tradition, um, our annual checkups. So, that, that's another that's something we should talk about. Next year, we'd like to actually commit to this medical theme. Yeah. So, um, Elliot, you're getting a doctorate in medicine, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're going to actually become media doctors. It just occurred to me, Elliot, we need to do something with this. It just occurred to me that the word medical is so close to the word media. It's like two letters off. Wow, this is about this is about a year too late. Um... I know. We could have figured something out <laughs> with this. Anyway, um, yeah, so this episode is our annual checkup. We're going to be going back over some of the things from the past year, all the episodes that we did, well, not all of them, but the interesting ones, the ones that have follow-ups. So maybe there's a... Maybe we didn't get to talk about all of the media from in the past episode if it was something really long, like Worm, or mm. maybe it was something like Sense8 where another season came out and we can talk about that. Um, we're going to be kind of following up on our stuff from the past year. New listeners, it's probably a good place to jump in and see what we've talked about, and maybe there you'll find one or two that interest you and you can go back and listen to those. Yep, and if you're thinking, oh God, I don't want to have to sit through 20 more minutes of them talking about Mary Shelley Frankenstein great news i'm going to be putting the sh- the times for each for when we start talking about each thing in the show notes so if you have an episode that was on something you really hated or whatever and you want to skip past it that should let you know exactly how long to ride that 15 seconds skip forward button yeah so let's get stuck into it before we before we actually talk about seven ancient wonders which was our first episode we're going to talk about the awards for who did yeah. the best this year <laughs> let's get into some statistics uh yeah, yeah it's so the most exciting thing i know uh so i've gone through and listened to the the score parts of every other episode to sort of tally it all up so i just want to start by getting mm-hmm. you ruben to guess who had the highest average score now here's what i'm gonna guess here's what i'm yeah. gonna guess i think you had the highest average score but I think I had more varying scores. So I reckon you hated... I'm looking at our episode list here, and of all the episodes we did, I think you hated Over the Garden Wall the most, and you liked you also liked Worm the most. I think those were our highest and lowest scores that we gave out. Okay. Well, so. uh, you are in fact wrong, because oh, the winner is actually Victor Rubio, who got an average score of 9. Okay, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Victor, congratulations, uh, but that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, it, no, so actually, it was pretty pretty close. So you actually had a higher average score with your recommendations of 7.5, whereas I had 7.3. We might not be very good at this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, and this, uh, again, the variances were both about 1.4. Um, okay. So we're actually You're getting too even. heavy into the stats. What was the shittest okay. thing that we talked about on the yeah, show? Um, hear that. So, yeah, the lowest score overall was uh, my recommendation of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus oh. uh, with a score of four. I gave that a score of four? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that feels so harsh in hindsight. I didn't hate it that much. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, Over the Garden Wall was the lowest uh, score of something you recommended with 4.5. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, and the highest. Yeah, so we actually tied for the highest uh, with Westworld and Worm. So the letter W is a safe bet in this podcast. 
Uh, that's my takeaway there. All right, cool. So I won. Yeah. All right. All right, you're fired, Elliot. This is going to be a solo podcast <laughs> now. Uh, I, w- I went through and sort of, you know, double-checked, and, you know, really Westworld is probably the most contentious one because I kind of forced you to do it for the podcast anyways, and that's my best score. That's so true. if we take that one out, uh, I'm even worse off. What was your next highest? Todd Sampson's Body Hack, uh, 8.5. Okay, yeah. So if you're looking for something to watch um, that you haven't seen before, Westworld or you could read worm those are both pretty safe bets also yeah. todd sampson's body hack but that's not available outside of australia <laughs> <laughs> sorry it guys might, it might be uh, by now it might have maybe it might have we probably should have researched that for this thing anyway let's dive into talking about some of our kind of previous media um and we'll jump yeah. in with our first episode which is about seven ancient wonders the book series by matthew riley yeah um, um, so I mean, how how's that sitting with you? Almost a year later, do you remember yeah, any of it? It's in my gear retrospective of I do remember that part where he stuck his hand into the lava, <laughs> and, it, and then he got a robotic arm. And I remember I I think I was actually talking to someone about this, and I was surprised at how little I remembered of the yeah. plot. It might have been you, Elliot. <laughs> like, I mean, it's because let's face it, these Matthew Riley books, the plot isn't really important. Um. Well, all good. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Matthew Riley. <laughs> we um, love you. <laughs> in October uh, last year, he actually released uh, another one in that series of Seven Ancient Wonders. So he did mm. four, four Legendary Kingdoms, which is the fourth book he's he's counting down. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm actually only about halfway through it because um, it's just sort of when there's not something serious to read, it's it's a good fallback. It's your uh, backup when you don't have anything you actually want to yeah. read or watch. And, yeah. and it's funny, I had that same experience. I sat down, and I, it's been a few years since I read the first three, and I had absolutely no memory of where any <laughs> anybody was up to or what had happened. Uh, but I was yeah. amazed at how quickly I was able to catch up on what I needed to at the same time. Uh, it turns out that there wasn't really a whole lot to get my head around again. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean, this well, book is just more of more of the same. Uh, the only thing of note for this one, and this will probably mean nothing to just about anyone, but uh, his character Scarecrow from his other big series, uh, the Scarecrow books, has shown up. So it's like a, a crossover with his own other you book know, series. I'm remembering a conversation we had about this exact thing, and I don't think it's a good sign that even that conversation has completely slipped out of my memory. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe I'll have to get back to six deadly viruses or whatever it's called at some point and kind of continue the series yeah. i i mean it's all the same so like all, mm. all of his books feel very similar so if you just feel yourself wanting to experience that again then go for it like and i mean obviously yeah. i i do because i'm now reading what must be about my 10th matthew riley book uh, <laughs> you poor <yeah>. man <laughs> all right let's move on to uh to to number two which is sensate um yeah. So, Sensate, I'm just going to put this out there, Elliot. I know I was going to watch season two of Sensate, but I kind of haven't gotten around to it yet. I've been <laughs> watching a lot of TV in preparation for this very episode. Yeah. And there's just been too much. Fair enough. Well, so I'm like up to episode four or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have much to say here because uh, I was... I mean, well, as you know, I was watching season two, and as I was about halfway through, you felt that it was a good time to send me the news that it had been cancelled. 
<laughs> I um, didn't, yeah. <laughs> you're right, yeah. Maybe I could have waited until you had finished it. <laughs> uh, Just to really have that gut punch going. Yeah, so, and that was a shame, because I actually thought season two of Sense8 was probably some of the best TV I've ever seen. Like, I, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen a show deliver on the promise of season one as much as, as Sense8. Like, it... Mm. At the same time, every individual character's stories got way more compelling, and also the overall story was much more compelling. Mm. Uh, all of the complaints we had about how they just sort of did their own thing and were occasionally visited by each other went away. Like, they were actually constantly doing things together and as a team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, well, it felt it, like season one was their origin story, and now that that's kind of out of the way they're able to just be like oh hey i would want the actor dude to come in and help me with this thing right now yeah it, it like, was right, it was a lot it. more yeah. it was a lot more realistic like that was what you would be doing if you were in this situation is like getting the benefits of being in a cluster uh, yeah, and that was one of, of my big complaints about season one and and that sort of went away and um so i was pretty devastated to see netflix cancel it although after seeing that i then found out that the the budget was like more than 10 million dollars an episode or something which jesus christ uh, <laughs> yeah uh which i mean as much as i enjoyed it i'm not quite sure where all of that money was going to like into the um, lube for the fucking huge orgies that they yeah. had every episode um yeah so i think that was possibly the thing that hurt me the most about it is that i was so devastated that it was cancelled but at the same time for that amount of money i i can't help but think netflix probably made the right call um well and then just i mean i'm looking at our show notes for this episode and the note you wrote here was fuck you netflix (laughs) and then they did announce just like a few days what was it like a week ago or something that they are um that they are gonna do a kind of two hour wrap-up finale thing so you had to amend your note to say fuck you netflix bracket mostly yeah which is a nice little (laughs) add in there yeah, so I assume you were going to come into this episode with a lot of rage, and then they kind of <laughs> undercut you. Yeah, they took my whole shtick. No, I mean, I, I think this is good, because, I mean, given the whole money aspect of it, a two-hour finale is really all, can, all we can expect, and and that's good. It's going to be a bit like uh, Serenity from Firefly, but, uh, you know, it's going to be rushed, but it's definitely better than nothing, because, I mean, you're not up to it yet, but I'd say the season ends on, not necessarily a cliffhanger, but it ends with the start of a new chapter it wants oh really yeah so they sort of they set up what season three was going to be as it closes oh that's rough and uh and then it was just going to end and that was su- supremely disappointing so two hours <laughs> well, two hours is going to be of a cramped, show just but... ending <laughs> the next yeah. one in our list the next uh show that we talked about is firefly right yeah, so just just like Serenity's getting its own, sorry, Sensei's getting its own Serenity, yep. Firefly had that too. Yep, and that's all we have to say about it. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, number there's, four there's is Reservoir much, there's, Dogs. There's not much new news in the Firefly department, uh, considering yeah. it was cancelled. No, it's years back, ago. Elliot. They're bringing it back. <laughs> I actually think I did read a news story about like a new thing set in the Firefly universe, but I don't think it's like gotten to any kind of confirmation yet. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. There's always, like, new... Like, they did, like, a, a a mobile game where you got to captain your own ship in the Firefly universe and stuff like that. People are still sort of outputting... And there's the comic series that, mm. as far as I know, is sort of still ongoing. Um, 
but yeah, so like Firefly's popular enough that there's always something coming. Well, I'm impressed with us, Elliot. We actually talked about Firefly more than I thought we would. <laughs> uh, so, Reservoir Dogs, you got anything for this one? Um, no. Uh, I was going right. to try and see Quentin Tarantino's new movie to talk about that too, but then I didn't because yep. uh, the Armadale The sequel, Reservoir Cats. <laughs> Um, so that was next a pretty up good is... joke. Thank you, thank you. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Stargate. So, um, well, why don't you introduce this one, Elliot? Yeah. Well, so I guess part of like obviously, I think you talked about watching more after the episode, but that doesn't sort of didn't really happen. And so it one did. of the things I watched up to like season five and a half, man. I did pretty oh, good. F- four and a half, but yeah, okay. four and a half uh, still count. Yeah. No. Yeah, you did a bit more, but then it sort of died off, and I guess. Something that I sort of was thinking about is um, I, I ended up going back myself and just sort of watching Stargate Atlantis, the spin-off. Mm. Um, and it starts a lot stronger because it came out during season eight of SG-1 and it, it sort of had already learnt all those lessons. And in retrospect, I was thinking I probably should have just recommended you Atlantis. If I, like, I want to get someone hooked on Stargate, I'm probably mm. better off, e- even though, you know, there's some spoilers and stuff for SG-1 and it's not the, the true continuity experience it's probably a better way to get people actually into it because i'd say it's leagues ahead of especially season one of sg1 yeah and so i started watching atlantis um, yeah so I, I i asked you to watch as much of season one of atlantis as you could just to i guess see if that hypothesis is correct <laughs> and when i said that i didn't have a lot of time to watch sensate because of other tv shows this is what i was talking about <laughs> uh yeah so so i finished season one of atlantis um and yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that I think Atlantis would have been a better jumping on point. Uh, mm. In fact, I, I watched it with my girlfriend who hadn't watched SG-1 or any Stargate stuff before, and she was really into it. And I don't know if she would have been that into it if we had started with SG-1 Season 1. Yeah. They are basically, from what I can tell, just kind of the same show. <laughs> <laughs> Even to the point where like, the characters have very clear parallels to the just like recast their character and kind of giving them a different name it's very i don't know yeah atlantis didn't try very hard to be different um yeah it, it very much it was like oh we can just take the good sg1 formula that we've worked out over the last eight seasons and sort of mm. apply it in a in a fresh place and that was really all they did yeah they yeah they really didn't try and like do anything Really new, although it, it was good. I mean, it, it kind of had this thing where I, we, I watched the whole season, including f- the faith fucking brought back the thing from SG1 where <laughs> the season ends on part two of a fucking three-part episode, <laughs> which is so frustrating. And the worst part is those are the worst, like those are by far the worst episodes in the season, are like the weird three-part finale, because they just have to stretch it out into a three-parter, and it's just so, I don't know. Um uh but my example of what kind of stargate learned from sg1 is sg1 really felt like the team was really on the back foot a lot like tech wise and yeah s uh atlantis kind of has this three-parter that ends with or that kind of the plot is they're being attacked by this race of aliens it's like the exact same plot from sg1 season one finale um (laughs) but they have this kind of clock of a giant starship from Stargate Command in SG-1 is literally flying through the galaxy to them to, like, save them, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it's this really cool thing of, like, 
they actually have access to tech that is useful. They're not always coming from a place of we're on earth, we don't have any tech, we need something. They're coming from a place of we're on this place where we have access to some good tech and we can kind of sometimes be on the front foot about these things and not just always be working from the kind of low ground, which I think really adds to the dynamic in a cool way. Yeah, but at the same time, the cool thing about what sort of happens to Earth's tech as as both the series goes on is uh, Earth has managed to sort of fluke its way into, yeah, all these powerful ships and, like, the power of the tech of Atlantis, but they don't fully understand it, so it gives the writers a lot of freedom to be, like, they can do this, but they can't do that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, because um, <laughs> they have the technology, but they, they didn't make it themselves, so they don't fully understand it, so they can't... Sometimes they can't get it to do what they want and that sort of thing. And they they have this thing where the the series is set in Atlantis, which is this, like, huge city. Yeah. And it's such a big city that they haven't had the time yet to explore all of it. And so sometimes they'll just have an episode where they, or at least in season one, where they just find a new part of Atlantis that they hadn't explored. And there's like some really cool thing there. And it's yeah. kind of this weird thing where like, <laughs> it seems like they're just using it as a plot device to introduce new things without having to go through the Stargate. And I'm hoping eventually they will run out of unexplored areas of Atlantis, but I can kind of wow. see them just constantly finding more bits. No, there's, they're still doing that in season five. Um, yeah. Okay. Of course. And I know I quite like those because it, it's it's sort of the Atlantis equivalent of um, SG One used to have episodes that were set entirely on Earth. Yeah. Um. And and I I see these as the sort of Atlantis equivalent where it's just you know them sort of having to to struggle um with something locally which sort of catches them all off guard and that sort of thing like um you know it's sort of attacking their home or whatever yeah uh, I, I quite or like just them. some interesting piece of tech or something like that yeah um and of course like with sg1 the episodes that i liked more are not the ones where they have some weird in imminent alien threat they're the ones where they're like having some weird kind of political or technological kind of thing happen yeah. so there's episodes where they go to a planet and they're trying to like build a vaccine or they're trying to like do whatever and those are always the most interesting ones to me because they have kind of interesting um, the reason I love sci-fi is because it has, it, it can lead to these situations and kind of moral questions and ethical questions that you wouldn't get in just regular kind of stories a lot of the time. Um, well, they can use the absurd sort of situations or, and you know, the very different situations to bring up a very sort of human problem, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, like, you know, using... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Using aliens to bring up racism, all that sort of thing, is like a and that's a very what sci-fi one. is really good at, right? Yeah. Um, but I I do have to say my one criticism of Atlantis so far is that the the wraith, who are the main alien mm-hmm. villains in Atlantis, who are basically just space vampires, they're so uninteresting compared to the Goa Uld from SG One, because <laughs> the wraith yeah. are just like vampires. We're gonna hunt you down. We're gonna kill you. We have advanced tech. That's us. Yeah. Whereas the Goa Uld are like hey, we, like, infest people's bodies and we have all these cool, like, rituals and, like, people think of us as gods and, like, there's all this really cool stuff happening. <laughs> Whereas yeah. with the Wraith, it's just like, hey, we're going to come kill you, that's it. Um, so I, I would sort of change that criticism to say that what ha- what the problem is is that the Wraith take, like, two and a half seasons to become three-dimensional. Um, I, like there's, Oh, really? Uh, Atlantis yeah. sort of does this very weird thing where, it, it, like, it's hard to tell if it was, like, plot holes that they're filling in or whether it's like some genius long-term strategy but 
a lot of things don't often make sense until a few seasons after they're introduced. So, for instance, I think you would have seen the season one episode. Genius strategy, for sure. Um, there's, a, there's a season one episode where they get, uh, a few of them get infected by these uh, nanites uh, from a yeah. flooded part of the city. So, yeah. I think it's like towards the end of season three that they actually figure out like where, where those came from. Came from. Mm. And, and there's a lot of things like, yeah, a lot of the Wraith, uh, like, so basically sort of a bit of a spoiler for later on um eventually uh one of the big things that happens to the wraith um when they don't manage to take atlantis is that they've woken up too early um Mm. so there aren't enough worlds worlds for them to cull so then there becomes this sort of wraith civil war and that leads to the wraith becoming a lot less two-dimensional because then some of them have to start working with various humans to get their hive that's advantage that's so cool yeah, and it, it becomes a lot more interesting, and then they become, like, actual Wraith characters uh, who are sort of, like, some of the gold, like, they'll constantly meet up and have to work with them, but it always ends Like, badly. the friendly gold. Who are the friendly gold? The Tok'ra. Oh. Yep, that's it. Yeah. The, the, it's, so, it's so science fiction. <laughs> uh, the Wraith do become a lot more interesting. Um, it's just a shame, but, yeah, you're right, it does take that a it long takes time. a long time, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah I mean... I would definitely say if you were going to try and get into something Stargate, I would start with Atlantis just because, yeah, I don't know. SG-1's good, but it, it has that build-up, whereas Atlantis, they jump in already kind of knowing what they're doing to an extent. Yeah, Atlantis Atlantis sort of really starts at about the peak of SG-1, and uh, yeah, it doesn't. you don't have to trudge through a couple of seasons of garbage. The only other Stargate thing is, um, as... It seems that uh, Roland Emmerich's reboot of the movies has been cancelled. So that's very exciting to we did it. the TV show. Our petition uh, worked. It was just yeah, your I'm... signature and mine, Elliot, but it worked. <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to our very uh, powerful listener base for helping us make that yeah. a reality. <laughs> All right. Speaking of things that we made a reality as well, we'll transi- use that as our segue into episode six, Young Justice, which has yeah. announced that it's coming back. It's got a season three on the way. Is it Netflix made? Is that right? They they haven't confirmed, I don't think. Everyone's just sort of assuming that it is. But uh yeah, cuz that was the rumor. I think we even discussed it on the episode. Yeah. But no one really um, thought it was going to happen, and now it's happening. So that's No, cool. but I I think it was just like Warner Brothers announced that they were doing it, but they haven't like announced who they're with doing who it or, with. Yeah. yeah. They've just announced they've got the like original writers and the original cast back, which is pretty exciting. So Yeah. Uh, you know, and this time I'm actually banking on a time skip. I think this would be an appropriate use of the time skip. Yeah, well, uh, they left some dangling plot threads, so we'll have yeah. to see if they kind of come back to them or if they want to kind of soft reboot it or whatever. Um, yeah, so our next, like, six episodes, we don't really have a lot to talk about for them, I don't think. Um, so that's Over the Garden Wall, Frankenstein, Salem's Lot, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Which I think they're doing. I, th- I think I saw a trailer for a new one of those, but they are. I don't. But, want, I mean, we don't need to talk about it. About. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the Boondocks and Robbie the Reindeer, and I yeah. don't think we have anything for these ones, right? No, no, I I can't think of anything. I mean, I think we talked about everything we need to talk about in the episodes. All right. So if you're interested in any of those episodes, go back and listen to the actual episode. Yeah. Um. Next up, the big one, number thirteen, Worm. So. Yeah. On our actual worm episode, you got up to like arc thirteen or fourteen. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I I did a pretty good job really. In about two weeks, I got through just under mm. half the story, and That's it impressive. took me about 
took me about another six months to actually finish it off um <laughs> finally did it yeah it was it was a, a long but fulfilling journey uh i would mm. say uh and I, I had been doing a thing. I'd actually been intentionally working through it slowly, like not, trying not to overdo too much each day. And, and I think I got about, um, I want to say about 20 chapters away from the end and then just accidentally ended up reading them all in one day and got nothing done. That happens um, sometimes with Worm, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I can't recommend Worm enough to people. Well, uh, you gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, well, Is that, that was... You yeah. maintaining that? Um, I'd, I'd up it to a nine and a half. There are, there are some <gasps> issues. That means um, I definitively win. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, definitely. Like, Worm, Worm was, yeah, I, I think I said this in the episode. It's exactly sort of what I was hoping to get out of this podcast because Worm's something I absolutely never would have read without having been forced to. Yeah. Uh, I do I think really Worm is something it. that is, I mean, it has a, there's this arc in worm which i mentioned in the episode i think which is the it's called the slaughterhouse 9000 arc it's yeah. about episode chapters like or arcs like 23 to 20 like 6 i think it is about um that, and that's yeah. probably the one part which i would say doesn't hold up from a consistency point and then it kind of jumps into the end of worm which is mm. fucking balls to the wall Lovely. And i mean because because um, worm uh worm still exists essentially in its draft form i mean while bo's been talking about uh yeah public well fi- like fixing it up and publishing it for mm. since it, since it finished um and he hasn't managed to do it yet because he's too busy writing new things um but uh like i mean a lot of people criticize yeah that section of worm that you were talking about particularly because it has that um like spoiler alert time skip <clears throat> uh that that a lot of people i like I, honestly i didn't think it was executed that well but in saying that i was very glad when it happened because it had felt to me like this the the story had been dragging out to that point because i think like Wildbo knew where he wanted everyone to be in a year and a half and he was trying to figure out how to get there without time skipping and eventually yeah. he just sort of gave up He's halfway like, through one right, of the chapters. It, let's do it <laughs> um yeah. and i think that's probably due to that that crazy publishing schedule that he works off where he has to publish uh two, two chapters, chapters a, week. a week yeah i mean i know you haven't read uh a song of ice and fire like the game of thrones books yeah um Never. but they're actually they're actually a testament to what happens when someone isn't on that sort of writing schedule because that yeah those those books were also meant to have a time skip of about a year and a half or three years or something and george R. R. martin decided he didn't want to do that and now the book series has been delayed about 20 years the, it's gone from a trilogy to seven books and it's it's kind of a mess in the middle and um, even more than that it's it's this thing of like and i don't want to turn into a, a two white nerds talking on a podcast but it's like it's it's this total half-life three thing where if you have too much of a time between your media and it's media that people respect the hype is just going to build up and it's never going to live up to expectations. So you need to have some kind of consistency on your releases. Like another thing that I would probably point to is, um, the, the King killer, is that what they're called? The King killer Chronicle books. Yeah. Um, which are these fantasy books. And I think there's two out of the trilogy and it's been like, what has it been like eight years or something since, since the second book came out. Is that right? Something like that. It's been some huge amount of time. And it, it, these are great books, but you kind of get this hype fatigue and you, you build up wanting to read these books. And then it's like, it just feels like it's never going to be able to live up to 
its expectations, you know? Yeah, well, because as people wait longer and longer for something, their expectation in how much it's going to, you know, how enjoyable it's going to be just, like, sort of goes up. Yeah. Uh, and Which is why I'm worried about Worm 2. And let's use that <laughs> as our awkward segue. Um, yeah, well, Worm 2 is meant to start very soon, right? Like, uh, well, yeah, very soon is sort of kind of valve time. <laughs> where it's, we don't... Uh, let's talk about Wabo's other work. So, so he did yeah. Worm, and then he went into Pact, which is I read and I loved it. I actually think I loved it more than Worm, which is very unpopular in the kind of Worm community. It's probably the least liked of the three, but I really fucking loved it. And then he went into Twig, which I started reading and I didn't really like it. And Twig is still going. Twig is apparently almost finished. I don't really read it, so I can't really judge how close to the end it is. But Wabo has said as soon as he finishes Twig. He's going to launch right into Worm 2 on his yeah. regular schedule. I'm excited to be reading it as it comes out and to be able yeah. to kind of engage in the fan theories and the speculation. Do you feel like you're going to do that? Uh, I don't know. I, I've had other things ruined by engaging too much in fan theories, so hmm. I don't know how deep I want to dive into that. Um, but I'm definitely going to I'm gonna enjoy being a part of the community and reading it week week by week because obviously i was reading worm about four years after it finished and mostly i was just bombarding you with crackpot theories and opinions um yeah so it'll be interesting to sort of see the community as it evolves but i don't know if i want to participate too much in theorizing because usually that either leads to great theories that when they aren't true feels like they would have been better or uh (laughs) they you know the community you know if you throw throw enough darts eventually one of them will hit the the bullseye and uh somebody guesses it but the thing is i would say that with most pieces of media but while Bo, as an author is one who i definitely trust to kind of pull out the good stuff on that on yeah. that kind of regard i feel like he's so meticulous about planning out his stories that he's not gonna go he's not even gonna start a story without knowing the good kind of points along the way yeah um all right do you have anything else to say about worm 2 uh no i'm just waiting for it and just, and we just want it give it to us jason <laughs> mccray we want it uh, i mean i'm just like every every time a new twig chapter comes out i'm heading straight to yeah. the comments to see if people are talking about like, whether oh or not it's, it's over it's, it's over <laughs> and 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 then all the characters died and then you're like yes next week it's happening <laughs> So let's talk about episode 14, Todd Sampson's Body Hack. And yeah. sorry again, Australians. Um, sorry, non-Australians. Non-Australians, yeah. I, I actually wanted to bring something up for this one because Body Hack is this kind of like personality exploring science type of show that I really enjoyed. It's kind of a, you know, I guess the genre is probably pioneered by like Mythbusters or something like that. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I think that's a fair comparison. And... Since we did the episode on Body Hack, um, a new show that was kind of like this that I really liked has come out uh, called Mindfield. It's a okay. show done by this guy, uh, Michael, who who runs a YouTube channel called Vsauce that you've probably seen if you're interested in like science stuff and you have been on YouTube before. Um, he does a bunch of science videos and he does a show called Mindfield with YouTube Red, which is YouTube's kind of streaming service. Um that is very much like Body Hack, except better, I would say. <laughs> uh, Body Hack had a lot of... Um, I mean, I loved it. Obviously, it was like the third highest rated thing on, on, that we've done on MediaMD. It was great, but 
it definitely had a lot of points where it felt like it was let down by its production. Yeah. Or definitely. by like it's being on network television. <laughs> and Minefield was basically like it except didn't have that stuff. So I'd recommend to you, Elliot, getting it. Yeah. Which you will need to use up your one month free trial of YouTube Red for, but I'm sure you'll get through <laughs> all six episodes in a month. But yeah, it, it was great. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Uh, something I would not recommend uh, is uh, Todd Sampson actually had a... <laughs> These segues, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Todd Sampson's new show that he released shortly after we did our Body yeah. Hack episode, and I think we yeah. both sat down and watched the pilot on live TV, and it was well, not good. you were watching it, and then you messaged me and said, go to ABC right now, and I turned it on, like, you know, halfway through the episode, and I was so glad... That you that I didn't see your message until halfway through the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh. uh it was like it was all the worst parts about body hack. Body hack, yeah, it was. It just, um, yeah, yeah. It, I yeah, I mean, I tried to sit down and watch a few others, and I, I think the problem was so uh, the the premise of the new show was that he was sort of trying to teach people science by putting his life on the line. So in the first yeah. one, he he was like going on a little roller coaster thing through fire to prove um while he was wet to prove that water protects you from fire or something it was it was very i've played pokemon todd i know that (laughs) (laughs) um i mean but the biggest issue is is it was a half an hour show for this one little experiment and i mean it was like it 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 just was so dragged out you know it was like if you can imagine a mythbusters episode where they were busting one myth an episode that was essentially not even that you know those Mythbusters episodes where they, like, take a group of myths and do, like, six or seven rapid-fire in an episode? Yeah. Imagine a myth that's kind of that small in scope, and they only do <laughs> one of it in an episode. It would be yeah. that. It, it was so... It was, it was, it like, was drawn out and painful. Yeah. You know that classroom experiment that they do where you, like, hold back... You, like, tie something to a piece of string and pull it back, like a bowling ball or whatever? You pull it back, and it, like, swings back up to the kid's face, and it doesn't hit them because of... Yeah. I don't know, conservation of momentum or but, whatever. Yeah, that One was of the episodes episode. is like that, but with a <laughs> wrecking ball, right? And it's just like, Todd, man, <laughs> you can't turn this into a half-hour show. It yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, it was, it was very disappointing after uh, liking all of his other shows so much to see one that just exacerbated all the worst parts of his previous yeah. shows. Very frustrating. <sighs> Well, now I'm in a bad mood to talk about this next one, which is a bummer because this was the episode of one of my favorite movies, uh, Coherence, yeah. and already I'm cheering up because I love that movie. Um, yeah. So on the Coherence episode, you mentioned a movie called Triangle, which yeah. was you said was kind of similar to Coherence, I, or you felt it was similar. Yeah, I felt similar after watching them both, uh, mm. I, I, if that makes sense. Like, I, I guess yeah, not, yeah. not that they're thematically that similar, I just... The, the effect they had on me was similar, I guess. Well, they're both movies, they're both in this category of, like, sci-fi kind of, or not sci-fi, but, like, mind-fucky kind of movies, right? Yeah. And, yeah, so I watched Triangle, uh, like, two months ago, and I, I definitely kind of see why you felt they were similar. Although, I have to say, Triangle, it, I, I did like it, but it felt like it didn't kind of hold up its logic as consistently as Coherence did. Um, no, I I definitely agree. I don't think Triangle is as good as Coherence, but I yeah. I guess I just thought it was a similar experience. Yeah, and I definitely did enjoy it quite a lot. Um, yeah, it was a good movie, and I definitely recommend if you 
like watched Coherence from our episode and wanted to find something else, I would back Elliot's recommendation to watch Triangle. It was a pretty good movie. Except the yeah. main character. Well, I won't say that. That's a spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. So, uh, episode sixteen, Westworld. I mean, season two is still coming at some point. Yeah, I think mm. I think maybe early next year. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So not not much else to say there. Stay except, tuned. Um, you know that was good. Watch that. It's going to be HBO's new big show once Game of Thrones hurries up and finishes. Yep. Uh, next up, episode seventeen was Father Ted. Now, yeah, do we have anything to say about this one? Um, well, I mean, that was our our first guest episode, I guess. So that's just sort mm. of worth uh, mentioning. You know, thanks to James for diving yeah, in. Um, and I mean, especially because I mean, I enjoyed Father Ted, but I I think I think part of it was lost on us being uh not being not Irish. Irish. Um, yeah, I do feel that as well. So although I yeah, think. As I think that kind of mostly affected the start of the show because I remember not liking the first like two episodes as much. Yeah. And then once I kind of got into the swing of it, I, I got into it, right? And it started mm. working pretty well. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if you're thinking, should I watch it or not? I definitely tell you to like check it out. Yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. Just be aware that you might not get so into it. I don't know. I mean, like per- personally, I would... I would sort of still say, like, on reflection, things, like, the later shows, like, the IT crowd and stuff, I, I probably enjoyed more. Well, yeah, I definitely enjoyed um, the IT crowd more. Uh, <laughs> I so think I, that's just because it is more accessible. Like, the comedy style is more accessible. Yeah, um, it is. It, it was less, yeah, that like, Father Ted definitely, even, I'd still find them enjoyable stuff, but a lot of the jokes would be definitely aimed at, at the sort of Irish culture. Mm-hmm. And you probably appreciate that more if you're from there. Yeah. Uh, so next up is episode 18, the adventure zone. Um, so this is still going, it's actually almost nearing the end of their first campaign of the, of the plot of the adventure zone. And they're continuing Uh, with a separate plot, like a kind of rebooted plot with different characters and different universe afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's, it's finally after like four years, it's coming to an end, which is a bit sad. Yeah. And I mean, so I've caught up and and I've been listening to that each fortnight as it's been Mm. coming out. Uh, mm. And I think because we've actually had conversations about this, um, I think there's very different parts of the show that appeal to us in some ways, because I've been complaining a lot about the most <laughs> recent stuff, whereas I think yeah. you've been thoroughly enjoying it. I've been it. into it, yeah. Uh, so, you know, because I, I, I think, because you talked about, we talked about this in the episode, actually, um, you sort of mentioned that the plot becomes a lot more compelling, and I was saying I wasn't feeling it uh mm where i was up to at the end of the two weeks and now that i've all sort of caught up i can sort of say that i'm still not feeling it and uh really it's been a point point of contention i think between the two of us because you you are very much invested in it i am definitely heavily invested in the kind of overarching plot of of the adventure zone um yeah let me ask you a question and people if you haven't listened to the adventure zone yet go and listen to it this you're not going to get anything out of this if you haven't listened to it go listen to it um (laughs) There's that episode in the like three or four episodes back where Merle is able to do the uh the like one on one chats with John oh, Hunger, the Hunger. Or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. What was your read on that? Um I mean it was alright. I, I don't know. Like I don't I don't oh, hate crazy. I don't hate it was great. I don't hate it any great. of it, but, <laughs> but can't believe it. <laughs> um I mean I personally I I much enjoy 
the lower stake stuff. Like I guess an analogy mm. I would make is is going coming back to shows like Stargate and stuff that we're talking about. You know, Stargate has those big epic finales where you know they're fighting the big wraith, and then there's those just like episode of the week things where they find a, a rando planet. Yeah. Um, and there's something we going on it, in terms of Adventure Time. I find myself a lot more compelled by their smaller scale stuff, like the. For me, the higher the stakes, the less fun it is because I just enjoy the the boys goofing around. Um, yeah, and of course I do as well. I, yeah. I love the the THBs goofing, but it's <laughs> the difference to me is something like Stargate will have a. Well, no, this doesn't make sense. It, I don't know. the The stakes just feel more. It's been a four year build up at this point since I've been, and I started listening to the show from episode one. Like, yeah, maybe maybe that's part of the difference. It's been this four year build up of this this kind of really intricate at first plot being kind of very subtly hinted at, and these kind of very mind fucky reveals. Like, there's one at the end of the uh, the Western Matura's mask. I, I forgot what the arc is called, but where you find out that Magnus was a red robe, and it's just like this mm. thing that has been built up for so long, and this kind of twist and there's all this intricate plot stuff that is finally starting to come together. And as someone who has been listening to this show for like four fucking years, or I don't know, maybe more, I, I can't remember, but it, it, it's very satisfying. Yeah, I guess, I, I don't know, I, even as that stuff was going on in those earlier arcs, I uh, I just wasn't as interested. Like the reveal that Magnus was a red robe to me was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is going to tie into the big plot. But I was, I found, I always found myself a lot very interested in the individual arcs plots, like so things like the, the wagon racing or um, the yeah. the the train the like the train express one, the murder on the Orient Express ripoff one. Uh, oh yeah, that's is, still my favorite arc. <laughs> yeah, that's so still my favorite, and I think I just preferred. I actually just preferred it when it was simpler and it was just three goofballs who for some reason were immune to these artifacts for no reason, which has yeah. gone around being idiots. Uh, and mm. I'm very like, I, and so for instance, in the most recent episodes um, where they've sort of been looping through these, these hundred years, um, my favorite moments have been the ones where it's just been a year that sort of doesn't represent like, you know, talking to the hunger or anything. Doesn't represent plot. Yeah. And, and it's just been some weird wacky planet that they've had to do something like the beach episode was, was probably my favorite. Mm. Um, and so I'm actually quite keen for, for the, it to wrap up for this finale. Yeah. Cause I'm hoping that the reboot, at least for a while, will go back to just sort of lower stakes, you know, early level adventure stuff, which is the, the part that definitely appeals to me more. Hmm. Okay. Um, in our show notes here, I wrote down Mabim Bam TV show. Look, yeah. if you... I mean, Mabim Bam had a TV show since we did our The Adventure Zone well, thing. Mabim Bam is my brother and my brother is, and me. Sorry, which is... is my brother and my brother <laughs> me. It's a podcast that the people from The Adventure Zone do that that kind of spun off into The Adventure Zone. Yeah. Um, go listen to it. If you like it, go watch the TV show. You'll love the TV show if you oh. like the Mabim Bam podcast. I and actually... you'll probably like the podcast if you like The Adventure Zone. Well, because I, I actually went and watched a bit of the TV show. Um Oh yeah, and uh, you, yeah. you don't listen to my brother, my brother and me, do you? No, I've heard bits, and I do enjoy those bits. I just, for some reason, have never gotten around to sort of starting to listen regularly and subscribe and all that. Mm. Uh, but I, I very much enjoyed the show. It was definitely it. It helped me sort of. I guess a part of the problem I had when I had this thought with the adventures and as well as the bits I listened to of uh, my brother, my brother and me, I constantly sort of got confused as to who was who and. 
and sort of lost <laughs> You've been track listening of... to this podcast for so long, Elliot. How can you still not know their fucking voices? No, well, I, that's actually what I want to say. The the Mabimbam TV show, like 20 minutes of that actually cleared up all the confusion Oh, it I cured had. it for um, you. Yeah, good, so, good. so I'd recommend that to anybody who's a couple of episodes into the Adventure Zone and, and still getting confused because... I think the, the problem with the Adventure Zone is you're getting introduced to the brothers and their characters all at once, and I, yeah. I just ended up getting uh, bamboozled. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a... Well, you didn't actually mention what... You, did you like the show? What did you yeah, think? I did. I, I thought it, I thought it was really funny. So I watched the um, the episode where they were... Uh, I can't even remember what they were doing with t- tarantulas, but it the was all tarantula. tarantula parade? Yeah, yeah so right. they put up one of their episodes for free on YouTube. Um, yeah. So if you just look up my brother, my brother and me TV show on YouTube. You, I think you'll probably find it. It's the fourth out of six episodes, but they're not like, there's no order to them really. So yeah. you can watch it's, them in whatever order you want. It's very much like the, uh, the podcast where each episode sort of has a theme, but it's really just random goofs that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it and found it really funny. Um, the show. Uh, uh it's yeah. Just, it's it's yeah. just them it's just them being idiots. Uh, if really. you like the podcast, if you like my brother and both and me, which you probably will if you like the adventure zone, then you'll like the TV show. I mean. Yeah. Um okay, so next up is episode 19, Attack the Block. Do we have anything to say about this one? Um no, I only that it was good. I liked it. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a probably one of yeah. our out of all the things we've done, I reckon this is probably the mo- the biggest like sleeper hit to me. It's the one that I've like I kind of go back to thinking about it and being like, that was a good movie. I really liked that yeah. movie. <laughs> I, I was actually surprised when it wasn't the the number one. Like, you know, earlier I said Victor Rubio won with uh mm. with the six feet under recommendation. Uh I was actually thinking Attack the Block was gonna be was gonna be the winner. What was this what scores did we give Attack the Block? Uh so it got it got an eight point two five uh overall. I gave it an eight, you gave it an eight and a half. Mm. Um, well oh well yeah. i like it maybe i would I, maybe i would bump that up to a nine I, maybe i wouldn't i don't know i feel like it's hard for it to compete as a movie against a tv show because you don't have as much content to enjoy when there's yeah. a lot of good content it really just you get into it more um, i think i think the appeal of attack the block is is it feels like a people pleaser like it's definitely that sort of movie where if everyone's sitting around wondering what to watch yeah. Uh, it feels like that movie w- where you could just open up Netflix and be like, oh, pretty much everyone will enjoy this and, and it's kind of rewatchable. So even if one or two people have seen it. Um, yeah, you'll you know, still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you haven't heard our Attack the Block episode, go back and listen to it. We talk about all this stuff. It's a good movie. You'd like it. Yeah. I guarantee you, listener, you would like it. <laughs> um, so episode 20. If you made it this far into our stuff, you'll definitely like Attack the Block. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, so episode 20 is the double feature of iZombie and The 100. Yeah. So let's just get this out of the way. I have not watched any more of iZombie, but I have that, watched more of The 100. That is a shock to me. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, what? Yeah. No, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It was... <sighs> I'm still kind of bitter about iZombie because I feel like I wanted to like it well, a lot more than I did. I, it's actually um, interesting. Uh, season 3 of iZombie just finished about a week or two ago. Um, yeah. And my biggest complaint was that most of season three was actually dealing with the overarching plot and it, it drifted away from having just like a, oh. a weird brain and case. You're tempting week. me back in. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was, I was very much, I was watching it and not enjoying it as much and thinking, God damn it. This is exactly what Ruben wanted. Um, 
Uh, Are they listening to me? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, so I think they're setting up season four to be their final. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd sort of just stand by probably what I think I said in the episode, which is just if you're a if you're a Veronica Mars fan, it's definitely the way to go. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's not too serious. Um, but yeah. Alright, uh, The 100, I've been watching some more of it, I'm partway through season 2, and I'm dreading, I, I was looking at the IMDb graph for The 100, and is it season 3 that's just like, really shit? Yeah, I mean, I, cause I sort of, I did the same thing when, when my sister was the one who got me to watch The 100, and I looked at the same scores just as I was in season 2 and was thinking, oh, what what is coming? And I think the scores are a little unfair. It's definitely a drop and the worst part of the show, but it's not like a two out of ten, like the uh, IMDb ratings would suggest. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at the episode links here that the episode yeah. ratings on IMDb. So the the finale of season two, yeah, is like a nine point three on IMDb, and then yeah. season three starts with like an eight point two, and it goes along for five or six episodes. Eight point six. There's a nine, and then. Season episode six is an eight point four, and episode seven is a five point seven, and it's just like <laughs> this very slow climb up after that point in the episode. Um, and so I mean, I will say there, there are some plot and character things that go on there that that are kind of terrible, and and it, you know yeah. it does sort of have to climb its way back out. But the the scores are exacerbated by uh, you know as we sort of talked about, this is a CW show, and there was a a relationship that was happening in the show that had become quite popular with a section of the fan base. And mm-hmm. when the one of those city. characters, yeah, exactly. And so when one of those characters got killed off, uh, halfway through season three, there was a backlash, uh, in that aspect. The oh. the backlash was because people didn't want that character to die because they wanted the relationship. Oh, um, oh, so, so it's you think the, that drop was just based on that kind of subgroup? So, of them. yeah, the the drop is because of the fans of the relationship, not because oh, of see. the regular people who like the show for all the characters. Who probably don't go on IMDb and obsessively rate it. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Um, yeah, well, I'll probably, we'll, maybe we'll follow up in another year and see if I've <laughs> done that. Um, so our next few episodes, again, I don't think we have that much to talk about was episode 21, Telltale's The Walking Dead, episode 22, Six Feet Under, episode 23, Hawkeye. And I've mentioned here, we, we, I gave you some other comics to read. I don't think you've mm. gotten to them yet. Is that right? No, uh, I have not. I still, right. pl- I still plan to, but um, my, you know, as we sort of talked about in the Hawkeye episode, my thirst for comics is... It's not is super not high. That, yeah, <laughs> not that dire. Yeah. Uh, so let's... We've got episode 24, which was Guards, Guards, and I haven't read any more Terry Pratchett books since then, but I do want to. But anyway, uh, and episode 25 is The Warded Man. Do we have anything yeah. to say about that one? Have you um, continued they, The Desert Spear a bit? Uh, yeah, I have, and so that's sort of what's kept me back in uh, Four Legendary Kingdoms, is is I've sort of gotten swept up in in the... the uh demon cycle series uh so i'm about at the end of the desert spear and i i like mm-hmm. the i like where the series has gone um like you sort of talked about it's it's moved on from its original premise a lot mm. um mm. and it's it has sort of become a bit more i guess i'd say game of thronesy um in that it's become a lot more about this political human conflict with the the magical stuff getting dragged That's out a of kind it. of backdrop um, yeah, but I, I've, I've liked it. Like I, I'm still, you know, I'm still keen to keep going. I mean, the kind of trend of this 
annual checkup has been there's a bunch of stuff that we do want to keep going with but we just haven't done that right like (laughs) yeah to some extent you can be good media and not be good enough to want to constantly be like following along with this thing right yeah that's true um you know so i mean i guess with that in mind like i you know should we talk about the things that we think were the best like i mean we've sort of run through everything a bit slowly but for instance like sensate and worm are definitely the two that i jumped on as soon as there was more yeah definitely me too um and god i would jump on a coherence too so quickly (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean well i i'm also if if you've okay this is a weird thing to say but if you've listened to this whole episode and you haven't listened to any of our other episodes (laughs) what the fuck are you doing first of all you should go check out some other stuff but if we have to pick like our highlights from this year, right? What would they yeah. be? I would say Sensei, uh, Young Justice, Worm, yeah, maybe Adventure Zone, and uh, what was the other one? Oh, Attack the Block. Yeah, I would say those are my highlights from the year. In, in terms of yeah, ones that are sort of have more things coming, and we're definitely keen to see where they go. Mm. Uh, or maybe not so much Attack the Block, because um, I like definitely some of the. Some of the smaller ones for me, like, stood out, um, like mm. Reservoir Dogs and that sort of thing. Well, let's say, do we have, are we going to do like a, what's our winner? What's, if we had to have one piece of media from this year that we think is the piece of media to recommend, what would it be? Would it be Worm? Uh, yeah, for me, it's hands down Worm. Okay. I mean, I still stick by, you know, in terms of when I'm getting people into TV shows, Stargate's still my go-to. Um, yep, yep. But yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, let's say worm, worm. Yeah. So, if you've joined us kind of late in the year, or in, if you haven't been listening for the past six months, only the past or, five months, or the past like hour of this episode. Yep. Yeah. Then go back to our episode number thirteen, worm, and and check it out because it's good. And there's a sequel starting to come out, hopefully soon. Wildberg, give it to us. Come on, man. Yeah. Nobody cares um, about your stupid twig. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, before we wrap this up, let's just kind of quickly retouch on the major points. Um, we're going to be kind of adjusting the format of the show a bit. We're going to be doing a three-week cycle where you actually can follow along with the content and talk to us about it and engage with us. And we'll be kind of engaging with the community a bit in our part two episodes. Um, so if you want to kind of do that, you can check out our website, which is mediamtpodcast.com, or you can go to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash media md um and that's kind of the main places where we'll be doing discussion all the links to all our stuff is on our website so you can go there first i guess yeah and you know it's, we're, we're trying to become a lot more community oriented so you yeah. know um participating in these discussions we're gonna try and bring um you know comments and stuff in so you know maybe your comment will be read on this very podcast so we're gonna start off our first uh, part of this new format next week we're going to be looking at a tv show called the expanse which i haven't seen Elliot, you've seen um yeah that's right I'll so if you've <laughs> yeah so if you've seen the expanse and you want to kind of chuck in some comments some spoiler free comments about it um we'll have a reddit thread up for you to do that uh by the time this podcast goes live so check out our website again mediamdpodcast.com or the subreddit which is reddit.com slash r slash mediamd that's right and we'll and see be... you in a week I'll be trawling through that uh, that sort of comment section and you know pulling out pulling out bits to sort of bring up to help explain to Ruben what makes the expanse so great. So 
All right, cool. Well, that's us then. We'll yeah. see you in a week, guys. See ya. Bye.